Successful media and public affairs consultant, accomplished entrepreneur and national writer and contributor, attorney who served in the Missouri House of Representatives, worked in the White House and CNN, thought leader, entrepreneur, and host who takes the conversation to the next level. Prepare to get rare access to fascinating guests. You're connected. You have the it factor. You've joined Brill Nation. with Jason on Twitter at Jason Grill. Connect with the show on Twitter at Grill Nation Show and online at GrillNationShow.com. Welcome your host of Grill Nation. Always dressed up and ready to go even in a radio studio. Here's Jason Grill. Hello Kansas City and welcome to Grill Nation with Jason Grill. You're listening to 980 AM and Talk980AM.com. Appreciate you listening as well on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. It is 2017. And very excited about all the things that are going to happen this year on Grill Nation and our great guests and supporters and partners of the show. Uh, on today's show, we have on one of our on-air contributors and guest co-host, Ryan Maybe, who is with uh, the Rieger KC and Jay Rieger & Co., a great uh, contributor to the show and voice of all things Kansas City, as well as, well as uh, spirits, uh, food, the entrepreneurship. You can talk about it all. So he's going to be joining us on this show for today. Also joining us today is Doug Frost, and I'm going to let Ryan uh, introduce him a little bit uh, after a, a quick mention of our sponsors and supporters of the show. They are Trust, Bank of Kansas City, Two West Advisors, and then our on-air contributors and, and uh, guest co-hosts are Catalyst, Government Affairs, The Rieger KC, Jay Regan Co., as I mentioned, Ryan Maybe, KC Power and Light District, KC Tech Council, and Reactor Design Studios. Uh, Ryan Maybe's joining me today. His Twitter handle is at round table ryan he just won an award recently from star chefs uh ryan you were named as as an industry fashion leader <laughs> have to introduce you. I, I, I still can't i still can't listen to that without laughing out loud although i don't know if it was an award as much as they just needed to to uh fill some space online with a, a blog and and decide to throw some, you some made, stuff at the wall which is interesting you made the industry fashion uh leaders of 2016 that's always funny when you get that uh twitter alert isn't it the google alert and you're it, just like it's, okay. it's, it's so strange. It. It's so strange. Yeah. And, uh, uh, yeah, I have no explanation for that one aside from the fact that I guess I don't really bartend enough anymore to, to get any, uh, bartending accolades. So, <laughs> you know, that they had to find something, I guess. So, uh, 2016, uh, was a great year for your businesses. Uh, we'll get into that in a second, but first off, Doug Frost is going to be joining us later in the show today. Talk to him about, uh, him and, uh, talk to us about your relationship and, and why you decided to invite him on the show today. Well, Doug is, uh, you know, arguably a legend, not only in, in Kansas City, but, uh, in the, in the world of wine and spirits. I mean, he has really been, uh, a leader and one of the most respective, uh, respected people in the industry. He's one of only three people in the world that have uh, accomplished both, both the master sommelier level and the master of wine, each of which is. That's pretty nuts. It's really crazy. I mean, if you talk to people that are pursuing the, the Master Sommelier Certification. They've even made a documentary about it called Psalm. You know, it is a lifelong dedication just to get Master Psalm. And then to get Master of Wine is, is equally as impressive. So uh, for Doug to have accomplished both is, is really something. Um, and he's kind of a, um, he's an icon here in, in Kansas City. I met him back in probably the early 2000s when I was bartending at Pierpont's and just starting to get into the wine world. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, him being a, a luminary and, and being able to, to meet him at some wine tastings and pick his brain was, was definitely uh, an opportunity. And then over the years, he kind of became a mentor and then a friend and now even a business partner. So, um, 
looking forward to having him on today. And he uh, he's based in Kansas City, Missouri. He uh, does travel a lot, though. He said uh, he, he writes travels. for the Star, special special assignment writer, and uh, for many magazines as well. He's he's a good contributor. Absolutely, yeah. He, um, I'm, I'm looking at his his bio here. I mean, it's pretty impressive. Uh, he's he's done some really amazing things, and it's really lucky to have him here in Kansas City. So we're excited to have him on the show today. Uh, Ryan, getting back to 2016, it was a great year for the Rieger KC and for Jay Rieger and Co. You mentioned to me the restaurant was was flying and busy as heck during the holiday season. Absolutely, you know, and and this is the the time of year that everyone in the restaurant business always looks forward to as being. All right, this is what's gonna you know put us over the top for the year. Mm-hmm. Um, Q four is always big for us for those uh, types right. of groups, right? Absolutely. You, your, you guys got a lot of people drinking. People are out. People, people are, are festive. They're they're in a, in a spending mood. They want to have a good time over the holidays, and and it definitely shows um, from the from the business side of things uh, at the at the restaurant. So you know, November December are always the the top two months out of the year. And we're Didn't just, we hit a lull in January? <laughs> a little bit, you know. It, Maybe it, not you, but I, well, most no, businesses. we we do. Um, I think it's a little bit blown out of proportion. You know, the way that I I've seen it happen over the years has been like the first week of of January will be really soft, and then it's like right back at it because you still got a lot of a uh, lot of uh, corporations and companies that are having uh, holiday parties after the holiday. Mm-hmm. Um, and as long as the weather doesn't get too nasty with you know ice storms and blizzards, then. Uh, business tends to still be pretty good up until about March or April. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about the uh, Jay Rieger and Co? Well, we're... well, first off, let me ask you this real quickly about uh, Jay, the, the Rieger. Uh, a lot of developments going on around there. There's a lot. How is that? How has that impacted you guys? And is it exciting for you to to see happen? Well, you know, all the massive construction that's been taking place over the last 24 months is finally completed. So the streetcar. Uh, is done and open, and we and we've really had no impact from that. Uh, you know, no no negative impact from that. And then the 20th Street um, beautification project was was really great. I love the way that turned out, and it's finally finished. That was that was arguably a, a more intense construction project uh, for us than the streetcar. It was uh, it was at times really really challenging, but uh, it looks great, and I think it's a, a good impact on the neighborhood. That is finished. It is finished. Yeah. I haven't been down there uh, the last few weeks to see that. It, it looks great. You know, it's uh, now you've just got uh, two lanes of traffic, one in each direction with a center turning lane. Slowed slowed down traffic a lot before. There were about five lanes of traffic, and even though it's a you know a street in the middle of downtown, um, it felt like an interstate. You know, and I I'd, I used to live right across the street from the Rieger, uh, across Twentieth, and I would find myself you know having to dodge traffic you know, 10 or 12 times a day. And I mean, people were just flying, but now it's slowed down. It's more like a, an urban, mm-hmm. uh, you know, parkway more or less. And they planted trees and shrubs and the sidewalks are wider. There's a bike lane. It's really a nice addition to the neighborhood. It's great. And then yeah. there's, there's, uh, things happening across the street and at a hotel, I believe is getting built too as well. Yeah. The hotel is moving quickly. Um, it's, it's popping up really fast. So I, I don't know what exactly what the target date is for that, but I, it, it looks like they're not too far off, and that's the mm-hmm. at the south uh, east corner of twenty. I'm glad that that area is is really starting to grow. I think that corner, uh, and I've said this for years, having been at the Rieger for uh, been in that building now for about eight years. Um, I think that corner is the most desirable piece of land in the in the crossroads. I mean, you're you're essentially at the southern entrance, the gateway into the crossroads. If you're coming north from Sacred Crown Center or uh, Union Station, you know, that's where you really enter into the crossroads. So to see it now starting to fill in mm-hmm. is, is really exciting. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, we've got about a minute left. We're going to have Ryan back, obviously, for the whole show today. And then uh, probably in the next segment, we'll get into some 2017 issues. But Jay Rieger and Co., I know you guys have been expanding. Uh, you had a good year in 2016. Learned a lot and made yeah. some new relationships and grew. Um, yeah, in 2016, we went from being in, uh, well, four states. And then uh, in the course of like six months, we grew to 12. So we're it. It was a lot of travel for me. It was the most I've ever traveled in a in a single year, um, all for business. And it was it was exciting. It was we. It's really fun to see the brand get out there and to see the response from people in other cities and learning about Kansas City and learning about the history of our company and everything. And uh, we only see more of that in 2017. Yeah, we'll get into that in a little bit. But you guys are going to be expanding all over the United States and and maybe potentially internationally as well. Correct. That's the goal. Yeah, <laughs> we have Robbie. We have Ryan maybe on the show today. Uh, his Twitter handle is at RoundTableRye, and uh, the website for Jay Rieger and Co. Let me see if I can pull that up. Is JayRiegerCo.com. We're also going to be joined today by Doug Frost, who's a world-renowned wine consultant and writer, and he's one of only three people in the world to hold both the Master Sommelier and Master of Wine titles. You're listening to Grill Nation here on 980 AM. Like your hair's on fire Thoughts running fast Like a man on a wire Can't stop laughing But I don't know Wax for my daddy-o Wax for my daddy-o Whiskey in the gyro Welcome back to Grill Nation with Jason Grill here on Talk 980 AM and Talk980AM.com also want to share our website for the show It's GrillNationShow.com uh, my Twitter is at Jason Grill and at Grill Nation Show. Connect with me via other social medias. I'll post a video of our show today uh, to Snapchat and as well to photos of our guests to GrillNationShow.com where you can find all of our old podcasts and photos of our guests and more information about our partners and supporters, the great people here in Kansas City and throughout the country. Uh, today's show, we have Ryan Maybe, who is with Jay Rieger & Co. and also the Rieger KC. His Twitter handle is at RoundTableRye. If you want to follow him on Twitter, he also uh, you might you might have heard of the, of Manifesto. It's one of the people that started that many years ago. It's still still successful and doing well at the Rieger KC. Uh, we're talking to Ryan about uh, all kinds of things. Actually, uh, we're, let's talk about 2017. Going into 2017, Ryan, about kind of what your expectations are for the restaurant and for Jay Rieger and Co. Um, well, for the restaurant and manifesto, you know, we just want to keep the momentum going. It's, it's been really incredible to see over almost eight, we'll be eight years old at manifesto in April. And we just turned six years old at the Rieger, uh, a couple weeks ago. And mm. just to see that the continued momentum has been really cool because the, the lifespan are, for a restaurant like that is generally very short. Um, and to see even six, seven, eight years in, we're still, you know, having uh, all-time high sales and and accomplishing things that we had never done before is really exciting. So we have uh, an amazing team. We feel like we're becoming more established and really uh, kind of growing into, you know, what we are that sets us apart and makes us unique. Uh, so that's a really good feeling. Menu changes often too, right? Seasonal? Yeah, r- consistently. Every every three months uh, at the Rieger, uh, like clockwork, and Howard Hanna has just done an incredible job of leading that as a – um, uh, as a, a very seasonally approached menu, and and so it keeps everyone interested. It keeps uh, the staff engaged and excited, and and uh, keeps us with a, a good core of uh, regulars that keep coming back. Your website looks great as well. It's the rearkc dot com. 
Thanks. That's a brand new site. We just actually uh, just launched that. You did. It looks, yeah, we have a, it looks very modern. Actually, we have a new uh, a, a new website for Manifesto. For years, I didn't have a website at all. Yeah, right. Um, and we just uh, just set up the domain uh, manifestokc.com, and you can link to it from theregerkc.com as well. Sweet. Uh, check it out, guys, at theregerkc.com. Um, okay, so Jay Rieger and Co., let's talk about some of the places <clears throat> you want to be in 2017. Well, uh, just in the first quarter, in the next three months, we're already set up to launch the state of Texas, which is like its own country. Yeah, you right. Know, we're <laughs> There's all kinds of different people and places there. Right. So we have that's a that's a big uh, a big task. Uh, but we're also launching distribution in Indiana, um, Georgia, Maryland, and Delaware. Those all are official over the next three months. Oh, are they? Yeah. Delaware. Tell me about that. It's an Delaware. Interesting place. It is an interesting. It's no sales I've, tax. I've honestly never been there. I've been there. I have never. Times. I've never been to Delaware, and Delaware was not. Um, and the same with uh, Maryland. They were not. Um, intended goals for us to go into, but sometimes the way distribution works is, you know, we set up a, a deal with a, a wholesale distributor in Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. because we did want to be in D.C. Right? Yeah. Now the Washington D.C. distributor that we're with are they're actually warehoused in the state of Virginia, right. and out of that warehouse they ship to not only D.C. but they also ship to Maryland and to Delaware. So even mm-hmm. though uh, those two states were not on our radar. It would. It just wouldn't make sense for us not to, because we're already shipping into that warehouse yeah. anyway. Yeah, you know? and it's funny because when you go out there, they all kind of are connected. So you go out to like you go to the beach. It's in Delaware if you live in D.C. Yeah, um, and that's where everyone goes. You know, it's an hour or two away. Right. Uh, it's it's a really quite quaint kind of state, I think, and yeah. chill. And well, I'm looking forward enjoy to enjoy the whiskey. I'm looking forward to visiting it. I mean, I the my I got main some role, recommendations. My my main <laughs> role is is getting out there and and educating the sales reps for the distributors and yeah. creating relationships with bar owners and restaurant owners and helping to build the brand that way. So I'll 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 end up at, in Delaware at some point yes. this year. And so that's Q1. Uh, you talked just Q1. Yeah. yeah. So what other states are you interested in? Well, and um, you talked international too, right? Yeah, we've talked international. We've actually uh, talked with the distributor overseas in the UK. Uh, and France, Italy. Um, I feel like we should be in Spain, uh, especially with our whiskey and the connection to, to Sherry and everything. So mm-hmm. that's probably going to happen this year as well. You know, we signed on a, a deal with United Airlines just a few few months ago um, where we're featured on their cocktail menu in their high-end uh, Polaris first-class lounges, which are being built uh, right now in, in airports around the country. The first one's open in O'Hare. Uh, that opened in the beginning of December, and they're opening one in uh, Newark, uh, in a couple of months, uh, as well as Dulles and then um, Houston, San Francisco, L.A., and then they're opening in Heathrow and then Hong Kong and Tokyo. Wow! So it's the same menu that's going to be on all those on all those uh, um, airports, uh, in airport first class lounges um, around the world. So even though we had, uh, it's another one of those situations where even though we had no intention of like going into China or Japan. It's like we have to for the the deal with uh, United with United, so we got to figure out how to make that work. Now, in those cases, it's probably going to be just an exclusive deal where it's it's a pass through and it goes, you know, straight to United Airlines until we figure out, you know, how to how to handle the rest of the market. That's amazing. Uh, we're talking to Ryan, maybe a on air contributor and guest co host of Grill Nation Show. Uh, 2017 in Kansas City, uh, there's an article in the Star about some of the things. That uh, could happen in 2017, <clears throat> might not happen, but uh, the city manager is predicting a big year for the city. Issues such as the an infrastructure vote, east sale, side sales tax, modernizing KCI, streetcar expansion, Kemp Arena, downtown convention hotel, 18th and Vine, 
uh, marijuana decriminalization. I mean, there's all these issues, urban youth baseball, that they're going to try to tackle. I mean, what to you, what are some of the things that you'd like to see in 2017? Uh, maybe one of those, maybe something else uh, to make Kansas City a better place, more attractive, uh, and to help you out in your businesses. Well, um, I hadn't read that article, but uh, uh, the uh, Youth Baseball League, that sounded interesting. I'm, I'm a big baseball yeah, fan. Yeah, yeah, right. It's, you uh, know? They're doing a, um, a really cool thing down in the uh, 18th and Vine District with a Urban Youth Academy, uh, $14 million project partnership with the City of the Royals and Major League Baseball. That's pretty, be cool. pretty cool. Well, anything to, to help boost uh, 18th and Vine also, I mean, that's been a bit of a boondoggle for a, a long time um, in and, uh, KC. And it really got to connect you to the crossroads, though. I think it has to. And I think... Uh, the long-term vision has to be that, you know, with the, the the streetcar expanding, I know they're talking about expanding it south, but at some point you've got to have something going going east. And I would think that 18th Street would be a natural fit, you know, to go out to connect 18th and Mine. That would probably have a big impact on helping to, to redevelop that area. Mm-hmm. Uh, streetcar was packed over the uh, holidays just living downtown. I couldn't believe it the last few days. Yeah. You know, people, I think people take off uh, for two weeks. I don't, but uh, <laughs> that must be nice. Yeah, I, I just see people everywhere, uh, and it was pretty cool. But yeah, I think that the um, the uh, downtown continued downtown development is important because we're seeing now more residential being built. But I think also we have to continue to remember about uh, little things like you know pharmacies, and you know we have the great <clears throat> Constantinos, but you know. Things that people can actually go to and and, and utilize You've more restaurants. Have, you have to have those amenities if you're yeah. going to continue to build the the residential population. You know that project that's happening right across the street from the Riga right now is a massive project that's going to take up an entire city block, and it's it's really a big deal. Um, and I'm hoping I don't know if this I don't know for sure yet, but I'm hoping that they end up putting in some sort of a uh, a market. And it doesn't have to be like a Costantino's high end supermarket. It just needs to be something that's convenient. And, and, you know, well, well put together, like a little, like bodega, mm-hmm. you know, th- those kinds of things you need. I, I love to see the increased, um, residential population. I love to see these empty surface lots being filled in with, uh, new development for places, uh, for people to live. But with that, you need to have more, more services and amenities as well. Mm-hmm. And what are they talking about putting in there? I mean, the, what's official? <clears throat> I know there's office. Well, I don't know that anything is actually official okay. yet. Yeah. I, I've, I've talked with them. Office. Yeah. I, I, it's going to be a lot of residential. It's going to be, um, I forget how many units. It's kind of becoming a, a residential area, which is great for you. It's very, very good for us. <laughs> yeah. To be right across the street from, I don't know, however many. Hotel, you know, restaurant, hundred, hotel, people. A couple hundred new housing <laughs> units. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. So you mentioned streetcar. Uh, you think that's going to happen this year? It's, I don't know. It's, it's, it's going to be. It's going to happen to be on some kind of a ballot or a, you know, a, uh, the citywide, or they'll have a uh, TDD district. Well, I think they're going to they're probably have to uh, put it through with another TDD, right? Mm-hmm. That goes down to the plaza and maybe to Brookside. I'm not yeah. really sure. The last time they tried it, it failed. Um, but I think, I, I think the plaza is such a an historic, important part of Kansas City. But in order for it to keep up, I mean, the crossroads is is booming. Mm-hmm. You know. And for the plaza to keep up, I think connecting with the the streetcar makes a lot of sense. I do too. I think you have to. Kind of, I think you have to take it to the plaza. Yeah, uh, I really do. Um, you got to figure out how to to maybe. I don't know how many stops you would have to the plaza, but you know, it's it can't be too many. Probably you not. Can't have hundreds uh, of stops. No, I would. Yeah. I would. I would think like three, three or four. You know, you yeah. stop at. Uh, you know, it already goes to uh, Union, Union Station, Station so maybe. Center. 
stop over at Crown Center and then like 31st Street and then Westport. maybe at Armor or yeah, Westport Road. Um, maybe at the Kemper, you know, the, the Kemper Art Museum and then Plaza. Mm-hmm. Be, really, be really cool. I think that that's a huge step, you know, especially, you know, when you walk around the plaza around the holidays, you realize that there are so many tourists down there and so many people moving around and right. to connect them to downtown to all the other amenities, I think is a smart idea. Now I hope it gets, it gets done. If it doesn't, you know, well then we're stuck at ground zero that maybe the streetcar is just a downtown deal. I don't know. At some um, point we got to expand transportation in the city. That's, that's what really the most important thing is it has to be, um, really viable transportation. Mm-hmm. You know, it has to be commuter rail that goes out to the suburbs and up to the airport. Yeah, well, right. Ultimately, which we, maybe not which in our we lifetime. Will, which we will know. have modernized before Ryan and I uh, are in our lifetimes. Uh, I hope so. <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not entirely sure that's going to happen, but it would be nice. It, it won't happen maybe in 2017, but it will happen at some point. Right. We'll have we'll have to renovate it at some point. Ryan, maybe is my guest today. We're going to be back with uh, Doug Frost, who is the uh, a wine consultant and writer, and one of only four people in the world to hold both a master sommelier and master of wine titles. He lives right here in Kansas City, Missouri. He writes for various entities such as the Kansas City Star, Special to the Star. He's the guru when it comes to wine, and he's based in Kansas City and travels all around the world as a world-renowned. He'll be with us here in a second on Grill Nation Show. Thanks for listening. First things first, I'm the realest, realest. Drop this and let the whole world feel it. Let them feel it. And I'm still in the murder business. I can hold you down like I'm giving lessons in physics. Right, right. Yes, summer wine is real and make them all these things. Hello and welcome back to Grill Nation with Jason Grill on KMBZ 980 AM and KMBZ. Com. Also, thanks for listening today on GrillNationShow.com. I'm very excited to have uh, Ryan Maybe, Rieger KC, and Jay Rieger & Co., guest host, on-air contributor to Grill Nation. We have him in uh, bi- uh, bi-monthly this year. I'm very excited. He brings a lot of great energy to the show and sets me up with some amazing guests. And one of those guests is Doug Frost, who's a wine consultant and writer and one of only four people in the world to hold both a master sommelier and master of wine titles. His website is DougFrost.com. He's a jack of all trades, but a master of two, according to his bio. Uh, welcome to the show, Doug. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. It's great to have you on. Um, man, I, you're a very unique person for Kansas City. We're, we're excited to have you on. Ryan, uh, why don't you introduce Doug and uh, talk about how you guys met, because I think that was interesting. It was through the old uh, Pierpont days, right? Yeah, it was. So Doug and I met. Um, I started my bartending career at Pierpont's in 1999. I was on the uh, the opening staff there, and I, I still don't know how I got that job. Um, I was 21. And really, had, opening I had, staff. I was on the opening staff, and I was the uh, I was the the young, inexperienced one, and uh, <laughs> somehow I, I landed a, a pretty sweet gig. But I, I consider myself really fortunate because I got to learn from some amazing bartenders that were. Uh, that had been around for a long time, that had a lot of knowledge about spirits and wine and port and all these things that I had no idea existed. And so it was initially very overwhelming, but also such an awesome opportunity to learn a lot. Just I was a sponge uh, for knowledge. But once I, I kind of figured out that as a bartender there with uh, a, a massive wine list and uh, you know people willing to spend some money, I'm like, I'm going to be a lot more successful if I know a lot more about wine. And if I can sell those bottles. And so Doug was someone that I met early on uh, at a wine tasting and just started probably just picking your brain, you know, for <laughs> I, I don't really remember when Pushing or where. Pushing aside the cobwebs. And, ex- uh, exactly. <laughs> exactly. 
And then uh, you probably got tired of me nagging you about wine. You're like, let's talk about punk rock or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) Would have been okay. Right. (laughs) Doug, I I got a question about that. I mean, how the heck did you get into this this, this loving wine? I mean, you're you're a Kansas City guy from Ryan, tells me, correct? Yeah. uh, Well, I I, uh, originally from the West Coast, Portland, Oregon, but we moved out to the Midwest when I was a little kid. And so Texas and Kansas and Missouri. Um, you know, it just, I, I came out of the restaurant business. I was washing dishes at 14 and figured out pretty quickly back of the house didn't make as much money as front of the house. So I got myself out on the floor and made some decent bucks and then, you know, kind of figured out, oh man, there's this wine gig where you can like drink on the job. Yes. <laughs> so, I mean, somewhere in all that, I, I, I got into the, uh, to the wine gig out of the restaurant business. And, but how do you, and how do you get to this level of one of the only four people in the world to have a as Ryan calls it, a PhD, pretty much in the two things you have it in. It's just, uh, I, you know, I always enjoyed it a lot. I'm the kind of uh, idiot that likes tests and thinks they're fun. You know, I'm one of those, <laughs> one of those jerks. You know, that you knew in school, and 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 just really, you know, for me, it was I had a, a great deal of uh, wonderful mentorship, as as Ryan is is describing. You know, that I think that's the thing that the restaurant business. Uh, uh, inculcates really it it creates a, a sense that we're going to train each other we're going to work with each other we're going to teach each other and and that's one of those things I think that the it's it's interesting I you know existing in the two worlds the master of wine world and the master sommelier world they're very different and uh, you know different exams and different people who pass them generally speaking and and the master sommelier side is so much the restaurant business it's so much let's help each other let's let's work with each other and the mw side is is a lot more lone wolf kind of stuff so you know it it's uh it was odd to be in both worlds but both worlds appealed to me mhm and they're different i didn't know that i think it's really interesting how you describe your your love for taking tests. I don't know if I've heard you say that before, but uh, I, mean, I would say now, as long as I've known you, uh, um, you've been a mentor to me, and I've seen the joy that you get in testing others and watching them squirm. Me being one of them, <laughs> like you love you love putting people like like grilling them and and testing them, and and maybe it's because you like to see them push themselves and learn. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, that, that's always been my rule when I write a test is it's supposed to teach people something. And, and so sometimes get into it with other people who are, you know, I'm working who, with, with whom I'm working to, to create these tests because I help create tests for these, uh, uh, at various exams at, at various levels. For me, the test has to teach you something as well. It has to push you in some way so that you either, you know, throw the test down and storm out and go figure it out and come back ready. Or in, in the actual uh, act of taking the test, you figure something out you didn't know before. I mean, that's the most beautiful thing of all when you see somebody figure something out they didn't really figure out before. That is that is cool. I've never looked at it like that. Absolutely. I wish I would have known that in high school and <laughs> college and law school. I mean, yeah, I would have taken my law school exams and been a lot more fun if I looked at it like that. Doug Let's- Frost is on the show today, DougFrost.com. Um, Doug, I'm just looking at your bio, man. It's just so impressive. You've, you've written some books. Yes. You've been mm-hmm. on TV. You've done it all. Um, you know, I'm just, I'm ADD, man. You know, it's like <laughs> instant boredom. Let's do something else. You know, I, I think mean, Ryan seriously. and I are like that too, actually. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think so. I think there's, <laughs> yeah. there's a certain, you know, uh, per- personality, uh, type that, that functions in these worlds, I think. And you also like punk rock. And uh, have a massive weird music collection. I hear. Yeah, I think I think I'm more uh, suited to to massive weird music uh, collection these days than than punk. But I was a punker back in the '70s, and and you know cut my hair with razor blades and all that you know silly nonsense. <laughs> Thought that was cool. Ripped t-shirts, you know, the right ripped t-shirt, you know. Um, it, so yeah, but I I just like weird music. I like uh, varied music. I I I like. Uh, 
kind of standard things as well. I mean, for me, the the playlist is really interesting. If if it's you know Thelonious Monk, um, you know, followed by the the Ruins, a Japanese noise band, followed by uh, some some mainstream pop, you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, like Car Seat Headrest. Uh, a shout out to Car Seat Headrest, brand, brand new band <laughs> I just heard. They're just awesome, man. So seriously, good stuff. Or good the Conquerors. I mean, that's mm-hmm. there's always good music happening. Love it. Um, so I, I might have missed this, but how long does it take you to get those two PhDs, Master One and Master Somalia? The um, the usual uh, pathway for the MS is is anywhere between five and seven years, and the usual pathway for the MW is anywhere between six and ten years. Um, wow. So and and both of them carry a pass rate less than five percent, generally speaking. So uh, it just reflects that a lot of people go, "This is too expensive. This is too much time. I'm out." Uh, but I live in Kansas City. You know, what do we have time to do but but read and drink? <laughs> you know? it, it is very much a, a lifelong pursuit for for many that that set their sights on becoming a master sommelier or master of wine. I mean, it takes uh, it takes a very very long time and a lot of commitment. And, and have you met the other three people? Oh heck yeah! No, uh, the the guy who's most recent uh, was quote unquote my mentee. You know, I I, I worked with Eric. Um, although not as much as I'd like to have worked with Eric, I think he, he found other people's, uh, um, you know, information or, or, uh, assistance may be more helpful. I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't say that, but, um, at, at a minimum, I, I, uh, the first guy who passed, he beat me by a couple of years. And so of course we were in contact. And then hmm. the, the third guy who passed, he passed, uh, gosh, a full 10 years after I passed. And he is a wonderful man named Gerard Basset. Um, Dick Cantor, Man of the Year. I mean, he's 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 an amazing, amazing guy. Uh, Frenchman living and working in London. And the fun part about that is he passed his MW, became the you know number three. But he's the guy who gave me my Master Sommelier pin all the way back in in 1991. So that wow. was really sweet. So cool. Doug Frost is with us, Kansas City. So you you stayed in Kansas City and you travel all over the place. Sounds like yeah, it's a good it's a good spot from which to you know to to bounce out to various and sundry. Uh, locations, you know, we're centrally located and, and my kids and my wife prefer it here. And that was a rule early on. I, I remember receiving a job offer in New York to which my wife said, cause we had little kids. Well, then I think you should go. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm talking about all of us moving to New York. She looked at me and said, I think you should go if that's what you want. I was like, no, 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 no. I'm good. Kansas city. Awesome. Love Kansas city. Stay in, stay in. <laughs> No, I think cool. we're we're lucky to have you here in Kansas City, and and people, you know, I, I travel a fair amount now now too for for business, and people they always oftentimes in the industry, bartenders and and people in the restaurant business often identify Kansas City with you. They often say, "Oh yeah, Doug Doug Frost is from there." Well, you know, that same in 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 the same breath, I can always go, you know, Kansas City, and they're like, "Yeah, Kansas City." I'm like, "Manifesto." They're like, "Oh yeah, exactly." <laughs> you know, so no, I mean, it's fun. It's it's one of the beautiful things about um, any city. When it builds its culture, you know that everybody is in, involved in that. Everybody is a, has a piece in that, and and mm-hmm. it's a you know it's Doug, a point of pride. We'll get into that culture and changing in the next segment. Mm-hmm. I want to talk to you real briefly uh, in the last two minutes of the segment about the American restaurant. Ryan had mentioned that. I know it's closed now. Yeah. Um. It's some. It's it's been a, it's been a pretty big deal here in Kansas City for many years. Uh. You used to work there. I did. I was there for about a year and a half. Um. It was the first gig I got offered after I finished my MS and MW, um, surprisingly, you know, I think for a lot of people, you know, it didn't, uh, I didn't get a bunch of job offers after I finished that, even though I was the second guy in history had done so, you know, it's just one of those things that was still kind of obscure, I think. Um, but the American came knocking and I loved working there. 
And I and I I tell people all the time, you know, if I had been just allowed to work the floor at the American restaurant and run that wine program, the wine programs with the associated restaurants there, I'd still be there. But instead, I was worried about, you know, the the POS systems and the price of Pepsi versus Coke and all sorts of stuff I just didn't want to do as beverage director. Um, I love working the floor. I love the restaurant world. Um, I think my wife's, again, glad I'm not on in the restaurant world anymore because mm-hmm. I probably like it too much. Yeah, right. And Ryan, I know that place holds a very... I, I love the American and it... And it I didn't work ever worked there in a full time capacity like Doug did, but um, back when I had to shut down Manifesto for a brief time in 2010 to get ready to open up the Rieger, and I did a series of pop ups at the American Bar. I've also bartended for multiple uh, James Beard dinners at the American and got to work with some of the best chefs in the world there. And it's just a very very special place that meant a lot to Kansas City. And the more I dug into its history, I mean, we could just go on and on and on about how how much its impact ha- has been on local. Uh, culinary scene as well as the the amazing names that have come through that place. I mean, we're talking about the same team that put Windows on the World together exactly. in New York City. Joe Baum. And, yeah, and Joe Baum is one of the greatest, most fascinating restaurateurs of all time. Yeah, James Beard. Doug Frost is with us today on Grill Nation Show along with Ryan Maybe. His, webs- or his uh, Twitter handle is WineDogBoy on Twitter, and Ryan's is RoundTableRye. We'll be right back after the break with another segment here of Grill Nation. We're going to talk about how restaurants and wine culture have changed here in Kansas City and maybe get some local recommendations for and regional recommendations for different types of wine. You're listening to Grill Nation. I turn the music up. I got my records on. I shut the world outside until the lights come on. Maybe the streets are Here we sit enjoying the shade. Hey, brother, pour the wine. Drink the drink that I have made. Hey, brother, Hello and welcome back to Grill Nation with Jason Grill. Thanks for joining us today. I appreciate you joining us for the whole show here on 980 AM with Ryan Maybe again and Doug Frost, who is an American master of wine and master sommelier as well as an author and wine consultant who's based here in Kansas City. His website is DougFrost.com. Doug, uh, let's talk about guys like me who, you know, walk into these places and see thousands of bottles of wine and, you know, you like certain kinds, but you're just not as experienced. Uh, what's your recommendation for that? Uh, well, what do you well, do in that situation? You, you know, it, it ain't you. It's it's the stores. It's it's the world we live in. I mean, there are t- literally tens of thousands of labels. Mm-hmm. How are you expected to know them all? I, I, I walk into stores and do the, uh, I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. and I study this stuff and have my whole life. So the key for me has always been that you create a relationship with the retailer, that you, you, you know, you look for customer service and you, and you walk up to somebody and you say, Look, I know this wine here. I think that's pretty good. I've had that before. I like that one. I remember having this wine. I really didn't like that. Show me something else. And after a few visits, it really ought to turn into what it is for me in my world because I certainly have a retailer I go to and I'll walk in and he's like, hey, come here. You had that? I'm like, no, I've never seen that before. He's like, okay, Bob. <laughs> I'm like, all right, you know, and, and it, because I know he knows my taste yeah. because not everybody has the same taste. So the idea that you walk around the store and look for a 95 point score to me is absolutely ludicrous. Unless you're inviting the, the wine writer over who gave it 95 points, who gives a damn, you know, what yeah. that person yeah. you don't even know yeah. called that wine. And, and you know, for, for me, it's the same kind of thing. If somebody can save two bucks by driving across town and buying another bottle, I don't understand that. One, the gas probably costs you two bucks. And two, maybe you won't like the wine. I I would rather just walk up to a retailer and say, you sold me this last time. I thought it was okay. Show me something else in the same price range that I might like a little bit better. And and within a few visits, they're going to know your taste. And, And it's all about customer service. 
It's really the key it. to it is is finding a retailer that is almost comparable to a bartender that you like. You know, you go to your favorite bars and and you you build a rapport with the bartender and you trust that person. Same thing with finding a retailer that that has that level of knowledge and passion and hospitality. Doug, talk to us about some uh, local and regional recommendations of wines. Uh, a lot of people in town want to want to kind of shop local or support their uh, their community and their state or their whatnot, their region. Uh, where would we go for that? What do you What do you like? Well, I, I definitely uh, think that the wine scene here is very, very rich. Now we're you know we're leaving aside the spirit scene, which has gotten very interesting. A mm-hmm. lot of cool distillation happening all around us. The beer scene, of course, we're, we're sure. famous around the world now. Uh, behind the you know the the what's become this incredible powerhouse of of Boulevard, the on the wine scene, I think people are still too dismissive. Um, there is no question about it. A uh, tradition of of wines being relatively sweet when made in this area, and there's a couple reasons for that. One is that the grapes that we use are really tart. So if you make a dry wine out of these really tart grapes, most people wouldn't like it. It's the same uh, uh, problem, if you will, or challenge that you see with a lot of German wines. A lot of people think, oh, all German wines are, are sweet. In fact, most are dry, but traditionally people have left a little bit of sugar in them to soften them up because they're really, really tart all by themselves. So you look at uh, wineries like Holy Field, which is, is, is nearby, Jowler Creek, which is nearby. Gosh, there's, there's a bunch of them really nearby. I always feel silly if I start naming off people. I'll, I'll you know, forget Stonehouse or I'll forget Stone Pillar or I'll forget you know, somebody, Blue Jacket Crossing, Somerset Ridge. I mean, there's it's a lot of cool stuff going on in this area. And you go farther into Missouri – and Stonehill and Augusta and Le Bourgeois uh, I, I, and Montel and, again, you know, Adam Pukta, on and on and on. All these people make fascinating wines. Yes, a lot of them are sweet because for the second reason that, that most of the people driving in to buy wine there are used to buying sweet wines from them, and that's what they want. Heck, most people like sweet things when we get right down to it. You know, the, the wine world is kind of a weird place in which we uh, we look down on people because they drink what they like. I've never understood that. You know, if you like sweet things, drink sweet things. You you want dry stuff, drink dry stuff. It's all good. You know, there's room for everybody. Is there a good dry dry wine you'd recommend? Oh, absolutely. I think um, right now I would say uh, Le Bourgeois does this uh, Vignol Traminette that has this floral nose. So you're going to smell it and you're going to go, oh, well, this is sweet. Uh, you know, uh, that's not what I wanted a dry wine. It's not sweet. It's It's got this nice tangy tart apple sort of character to it. Um, Augusta and Montel both work with a red grape called Chamberson. That is, I think, I, I, I take it around with me everywhere. I, I drag it to New York or California, whatever, and just don't tell people what it is, pour it out, and they're like, oh, this is seriously good stuff. What's this French? You know, I'm like, mwah. <laughs> you know, it's from it's, uh, middle Missouri. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's seriously good stuff. You know, we're famous for the Norton grape in this area, but Norton, I think, is a is a labor of love for a lot of people, yeah. and it's a love-hate relationship for a lot of tasters. Uh, Chamberson's easy to love. I love it. Uh, if you could drink uh, five glasses of wine in one day. <laughs> no. Which I do. Uh, okay. <laughs> Let's just be honest. Uh, just for breakfast. <laughs> no, seriously, breakfast. though. Um, so Kansas City, right? You've been here for a while. I wanted to talk to you real briefly about how kind of maybe the restaurant and wine culture has changed here since you started uh, – Working at the American, I mean, a lot many years ago, right? Yeah, actually, I have been in this business for for decades, which is a little scary, but uh, you know, maybe it's proof that that wine helps you live a long time. You know, I don't know. But when I started in the in the the wine business here, um, going back to the late seventies, early eighties, um, it was already a good wine scene. There were good mentors. The first wine tastings I was dragged to by a guy named John Scupney, who now owns a winery in in California, is a 
past president of Napa Valley Vintners Association. He and I worked together at Plaza 3, and he dragged me to my first wine tasting. It was first growth Bordeaux, you know. And so when people, which I often do get, especially on the coast, this attitude of, well, you know, gee, can you get any wine in Kansas City? I'm like, dude. 35 years ago, we were drinking like kings. It's, if anything, maybe it's a little harder to do so today because those wines are so bloody expensive. But that doesn't matter whether I'm in Kansas City or New York or, or London. They're just damned expensive now. And that sucks. I mean, that really is a, a crappy thing in the world that the rich decided that wine was really cool and they've driven the price up. And that's just, you know, the reality of it, whether you're talking about watches or cars or, you know, whatever right yeah whatever exactly it's interesting i was talking to uh jim coley about that subject just uh a couple weeks ago and about how you know back when you were studying for the ms and mw you could educate yourself on the best wines in the world by drinking grand cru burgundy and first growth bordeaux and all these wines and now if you're young and coming up and you want to pursue that path how do you afford to do it Uh, you don't um you really don't drink them i'll i still have some stuff like that so i'll show up with these wines and and the Master Sommeliers, even, certainly the Master Sommelier candidates are all like, unicorn wine, oh my God, Frost brought a unicorn, you know, <laughs> and it's just like, I kind of hate myself at that moment, because I, I, I really don't like that wine becomes that way. You know, we're seeing that in the spirits world, too, you know, Absolutely, we're seeing yeah. Booker's was talking about Jack and their price, you, you remember yeah. back in the day, if I, if I bought rye, if I bought old overhold or something yeah. like that, that was like so cheap. It was ridiculous. Right. And, and I hate being the old guy going, it was cheaper when I was doing it, you know, <laughs> but, it, but it is true that the, the, the market in every way is, is, has, has altered, whether we're talking about art or, or whatever it is. And, and it's, it, 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 it calls into question, you know, how useful somebody like me is if all I'm doing is, is writing about, or educating about the high-end wines. I, I've taken the tack um, I, I, of not writing about those wines anymore, of not caring even about those wines anymore, because if normal people can't get them, who gives a damn? You know right. what I mean? It's all about it. I've always yeah. said that that is really funny. Everybody, uh, everybody talks about you, If you sit in a room full of millionaires, all who have great wine cellars, I swear to God, I can still get their attention just by turning to the guy next to me in Soto Voce and going, I found this killer $20. Everybody's like, what, 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 you know, we all want to spend 15 bucks on a killer bottle of wine. Right. Doug Frost, DougFrost.com is the website, at Wine Dog Boy, uh, really interesting uh, time with you today, Master Sommelier, Master of Wine, congratulations on all your success here in Kansas City, Missouri, and throughout the world, and off air, we'll get some more recommendations from you, how about that? Sounds good. Ryan Maybe, thanks for joining me today on Thank the you. show, Rieger KC and Jay Rieger and Co. Check them out at out at Roundtable Rye on Twitter. You've been listening to Grill Nation here on 980 AM. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you again next week. Take care.